Welcome back to Frameworks by Fraser's Interview Training. Today, we're going to be talking about public health frameworks. In particular, public health is an area where it's very difficult to organize your thoughts and know exactly what to talk about and in what order. And I think the key to doing it well is to occupy a space where you talk about a few key frameworks um, and those frameworks really help you understand how to talk about sort of the core um, principles of a given public health issue. Because most public health issues actually are very, very complicated. You know, there's whole consultancy agencies and um, public health specialists and global health agents and WHO, all of these different organizations that their only job is to think about how to best improve um, public health issues globally and also within Australia, obviously policymakers and governments and councils, etc., all play a role. Uh, I guess the difficult thing is that how in your one to two minutes do you address all of those issues? How are you expected to, you know, show that you're insightful and that you've done some research on an issue um, that they've just handed you and you have to answer multiple questions about it? So this is the framework work I would take. So step one, first, identify the issue clearly and make a clear definition about what specific aspect of it you're talking about. So for instance, at Melbourne University last year, there was a station about the National Disability Insurance Scheme. So I would, first off, there's sort of two branches. You may have been someone who knew the issue very clearly. You may have been someone who had no idea what the issue was. Um, and I think that that fits for most public health stations where you're given an, an issue to deal with. You may be knowledgeable, you may be un, not knowledgeable at all. Um, I think in the instance of national disability schemes, it's easy. You can say, um, so the National Disability Insurance Scheme is a, um, is a public funding scheme that's across Australia. So that means it's you know, implemented by the federal government to help support people with disability. I think either either branch that you occupy, you could still say that clearly. Um, and just to give a bit more reasoning behind that, for instance, something like antibiotic resistance, that's a public health issue. That's something that Australians, we consider at both local and national levels. We have different programs, antibiotic stewardship and other things that we try to do to improve our um, use of antibiotics and subsequently the antibiotic resistance we have in the community. So if I'm just going to start talking about antibiotic resistance without doing step one, um, it's very difficult for me to ground myself. Is Am I talking about the public issue um, in, in the future? Am I talking globally? Am I talking about the pharmaceutical company development of antibiotics? Am I talking about individual patients and the management therein? Am I talking about... Um, you know, the political nature of antibiotics and how um, there's a lot of psychological elements to it. There are a lot, there are a lot of difficult things about how to talk about antibiotics. Um, so if you talk about, okay, so station, I'd like to talk about um, antibiotic resistance. This is obviously quite a broad topic. So I think we should focus on uh, Australia and the, and the policies that we put in place to help avoid antibiotic resistance growing um, in the population of bacteria that we have in Australia um, without consideration for some of the global issues that are there, full stop. So you can see how that, that approach is already showing, even without saying very much, that I understand a lot more about this issue 
but I'm, I'm only going to talk about this slither of my knowledge. Even if you don't actually know um, anything about the other more extraneous things, it just gives me the sense as your interviewer, wow, this person really knows about all these different um, things about the issue. They're in on the global aspects, the WHO, all these different things, and you really know what's going on. So that's a really good way to start a public health station on a specific issue. Um, define what the issue is about and where it applies to and restate the issue clearly. Step two is to talk about the different levels of application and that are, sorry, they are the national level, the state or community level and the individual level. Sorry, you'll hear some uh, rain going on in the background. Um, I'm filming this in my Horsham placement in internship and it's raining very heavily. Um, anyway, so, so basically, you really, really want to um, talk about public health issues with distinct levels in mind, okay? So if you talk about public health generally, what you'll end up doing, um, let's go back to that antibiotic resistance, you'll talk very vaguely about what the problems are. You might talk about um, the misuse of antibiotics in upper respiratory tract infections or viruses, people coming with a cold expecting antibiotics. You might talk about education. But when you talk in these general terms, it makes me feel like you're confused about what's going on. If you talk about it in a more sort of um, regimented and structured way, if you say, okay, so think, thinking about antibiotic resistance, I like to look at it at different levels. So at a national level, Antibiotic resistance is a responsibility of the health, um, the health portfolio of the government, um, and in particular, it's their responsibility to um, make it so that hospitals and doctors have clear protocols and procedures in the prescription of antibiotics. And um, I think it's an issue because at the moment it's not that strict, and doctors, largely, especially GPs, have the power to prescribe antibiotics without too much oversight. Um, and I guess it goes more broadly to some of the systems that we use. Um, if there was stricter uh, antibiotic criteria, kind of like um, opiates or drugs of addiction, R8 scripts, um, in somewhere like the Netherlands, they have that type of system where they look at the number of antibiotics that each doctor or GP prescribes. Um, if we had that type of system, we could better control how we use antibiotics and by proxy, reduce the amount of antibiotic resistance that exists in the community, full stop. Then at a community level, et cetera, et cetera, and at an individual level, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's a very succinct way of breaking down what can be a confusing and multi-layered kind of issue that is difficult to, to conquer. Going on to step three. So step three is to talk about the biopsychosocial model of health at the individual level. So I told you that we, we go for the national level, the community level, the individual, and maybe even um, international if you have enough time and you feel so inclined. But once you get to the individual, it's really important and useful to talk about the biopsychosocial model. We'll talk about this in some of the other framework videos we, uh, sorry, framework podcasts we, we do, um, like rural health and indigenous health, where this model is even more useful. But even in public health, when you think about the interventions that you do, you need to think about how it infects the individual. So again, back to antibiotic resistance as our model, what are the things that 
an individual does that contributes to antibiotic resistance. And when I say individual, of course, you can think of different population, doctors, etc. But I think it's good to think about general public, right? It's a public health issue. Think about the public at large. So um, it's really important for individuals to understand how antibiotics work. So that goes back to their grassroots education um, and, you know, the teaching in biology and other things. It's also really important for people to understand the risks associated with antibiotics and why that it's not a cure-all when you're having a cold. And third, um, I mean, at a more fundamental level, the psychological um, impact that goes with just getting your medicine at the doctor, at the GP, expecting something, the kind of transactional reciprocation that most of um, our healthcare system, you know, comes to expect, you know, they publicize all the modern advancements and that will live to 120. So people go to the doctor and expect an answer or something they can do to fix their health. And that's completely reasonable. Um, But what that means is as a GP, I'm feeling pressured to give you something that isn't indicated. So as an, at a biological level, um, it's dangerous. That's the adverse effects. Um, you know, there's possibility of getting rashes, diarrhea, Clostridium difficile, which is a complication of antibiotics. So it's actually quite lethal. Um, and we see quite a lot in hospital. Uh, at a psychological level, we sort of have this entrained transactional and relational thing with our, our doctors and our healthcare system that we expect to get antibiotics or some sort of treatment in return. But when we go with a virus and cold or flu, that's really not the best treatment. You know, the best treatment is conservative. And so um, at a psychological level, both for the individual and as doctors, how do we manage their expectations and how do we make them feel like we've still treated them successfully, but without giving them what they've come to get uh, in a sense. And then at a social level, thinking about the education, um, how we teach people about antibiotics and not giving antibiotics and, um, and changing this, the stigma around, around or stigma slash expectations around, um, the prescription of antibiotics. Um, and obviously those issues are, you know, somewhat integrated with the previous steps. So obviously the biopsychosocial model is also integrated in the community and national level. You could talk about how at a national level we should be doing things that affect how people socially interact and they should be implementing education programs and all those different things. Um, but it's good. I think it comes best after you've talked about sort of the more core general issues and then you come down to, okay, now we get down to the individual. How do we actually process that? Um, you know, if you just, again, just spitball about why people want their antibiotics, it's not as clear cut as talking about it in the biopsychosocial model. Um, another thing that you can look up and an important way to talk about public health more generally is called the um, determinants of health. Uh, so there are lots of different determinants of health. They're basically sort of um, some modifiable and unmodifiable risk factors that all people have in their own healthcare. And the biology and psychological and social elements are only some of the elements. There's also economic, um, ethnic, all sorts of different determinants of health. Um, I'll provide a link in the transcript on the Fraser Institute website uh, to some social determinants of health. But I think that the biopsychosocial model is, is what we use as doctors in evaluating people's mental health um, and evaluating a person as a whole in a holistic sense. So when you're talking about how people in the community think about certain issues, it's really useful to use that same framework. And then four, and 
this step four actually goes throughout all the steps. Plead your ignorance, okay? Don't pretend that you know everything about public health. Most of the experts, like I said at the start of this podcast, most of the experts have studied probably medicine and other degrees and have spent years and years working in this space and they still don't have the right answers. With any intervention where you're affecting sometimes millions of people, it's a cost-benefit analysis of what the best process is. There's no cure-all. There's always going to be some um, payoffs and, and uh, sacrifices to be made that will affect the population in different ways. So you shouldn't, um, you know, even in follow-up questions when they talk about having money and applying that in different ways, um, you shouldn't feel like you have to have all the answers. And that goes all the way back to when we were talking about the National Disability Insurance Scheme and how um, students, some students just panicked and, and didn't really, didn't even bother answering the question at all. They just died. They said, I don't know what the NDIS is. And they, they didn't answer. Now, obviously, if that happens, you know, move on in the next station. But it is still possible to answer well without without knowing exactly what the core details are for that station. Um, and that, that process is about, again, pleading ignorance. Saying, you know, unfortunately, um, I, I haven't gone through medicine yet. I'm not aware of the National Disability Insurance Scheme, but um, you know, these are the places that I would go to get information. I would speak to my local GP to get a sense of what the local community um, aspects are to it. I'd speak to my local parliament member and maybe email and read about it online, et cetera, et cetera. So, I guess putting all these different bits and pieces together, you have step one, define your issue clearly and talk through the basics of it and what region you want to talk about in. Step two, break it down at a optional international, but always at a national community and individual level. And then step three, when you get to the individual talk about the biopsychosocial model and how that leads to the public acting in certain ways. And step four, always plead ignorance and always talk about how you would refer to experts, look up the WHO website, talk to a public health expert in follow-up questions when they ask you about how you would implement your money in public health uh, activities. So those are the four steps and that's the framework that, that we use in our public health station answering uh, sort of uh, advice. Uh, and it's not it's not a cure-all. You know, there are some stations where you'll need specific information about certain issues or you need to allocate resources or do something slightly different. But I think in general, it's a good framework to use to try and improve in public health stations. So I hope you found this podcast useful and all the links that we've put in the transcript as well. Um, subscribe to the podcast, download it. Um, you can check or join our email newsletter. Um, we, I think the link should be on the page. Uh, we have all of our free resources available on the interview atlas. It's all in one big guide. And if you sign up there, we'll send you email updates when we release new podcasts that are available. Um, and we hope that your interview preparation is coming along nicely. All the best. And until next time, I'm Tom. See ya.